Hi, this is Dr. Duncan McCollum, and welcome to McCollum Wellness Radio. Now more than ever, our country needs to learn how to take care of our own health, and it's my mission to empower you on that journey. Please join me each week as I cover these topics and interview experts throughout the field to bring you the answers you need to reach your maximum health potential. Thank you and enjoy the show. Dr. Duncan McCollum did not have an easy childhood growing up, yet the challenges he faced and ultimately overcame shaped him into becoming the incredibly resilient, determined, and successful physician that he is today. When he was a boy and all the way into early adulthood, Duncan didn't know how to read or write. His learning disabilities created a lot of difficulties and setbacks for him in school, however, he was determined to be successful. In this episode, Dr. McCollum inspires us with his story, going from being illiterate almost into his 30s to becoming a chiropractic physician and best-selling author. The doc reminds us that we can exceed beyond any self-imposed limitations. We just have to make the choice to do so. Dr. McCollum serves as a living example of this inspirational message. Learn about all of this and more in today's episode of McCollum Wellness Radio. I can be free. I can be free. I can rise above. I can be free. I can be free. When I was in third grade, we, there was a reading time and there was a circle that we would get in and we would all read. And I was sitting right next to this blind boy named John and uh, we were reading Sea Spot Run. And John could read that book beautifully with his hands and it was amazing, reading Braille. When it came to me, I couldn't even read the first thing on the page. I was so confused on words and I was very, very... Uh, troubling. And um, time went on. I learned to avoid reading. Um, Then I remember in seventh or eighth grade, we were um, supposed to be reading something like Catcher in the Rye, which um, I don't even know if they have them read that anymore. But I couldn't read it. I remember sitting in my bedroom um, crying and my dad came in and I was so frustrated and he tried to help me read and he couldn't understand why I couldn't read because he'd been offered the Rhodes Scholarship. Um, World War II came along, so he didn't take it, but he was brilliant. And here's this son of his who is functionally illiterate at that point. And, you know, I found uh, ways around it by learning to listen better. Um, Then a lot of you know my story. I broke my back falling out of a tree. Uh, The branch broke up on Tightwad Hill in Berkeley. And I fell out of a tree in a seated position, ended up fracturing my back. My fifth lumbar got crushed. Um, but it went undiagnosed because, you know, back in those days, kids were supposed to be seen, not heard. Um, I ended up taking a lot of pain meds. Then I found out that uh, Alice, you know, had a, a better idea as far as the song White Rabbit and um, Grace Slick. You know, the pills that mother gave you never did anything all at all, go ask Alice when you're 10 feet tall. 
And um, so I started taking different types of drugs to try to check out of the back pain and of the fact that I was having trouble in school and couldn't read. I, I don't think I read a book the whole time that I was in high school and junior high or before. Um, I, I just, I couldn't read it. I, I was so frustrated. And then I would get by with C's, maybe D's, um, but I could listen well enough to pass the tests. And um, so it was very frustrating. In fact, I did read one book and that was called The Hobbit, but it took me two years to read it. I was so interested. But I got um, into a point where I was medicating, self-medicating myself from the pain of probably social um, issues from not being able to read in school. And so I had to make that right by being loaded all the time, as well as the back pain. And um, it got to be so chronic that I didn't even care to uh, try to read a book. You know, I thought, oh, who would read a book when you could be outside? That was my excuse. So at any rate, um, you know, life went on. Uh, they let me out of school half a year early because, you know, I wasn't doing anything there. They were kind enough to to graduate me. My dad told me later that the, pre the principal had called him in and said, your son's illiterate. You know, he's not going to make anything out of his life. Just be aware of that. And, um, this was devastating because my older brother had passed away a few years earlier. And so here's the other son who, you know, is functionally illiterate. But, um, you know, life went on. I finally, one day, my, um, I hurt my back so bad, not even knowing it was broken. I was flat on my back for three weeks until two friends of mine, against my will, carried me into a chiropractor's office. They drove me down in the back of my own pickup with a couch that they took out of my living room and um, drove me to this chiropractor's office and they carried me in. They had to hold me up to get the x-ray. Dr. York took the x-ray, stuck it up on the view box and pointed to it and said, when did you break your back? I burst into tears because nobody had ever taken me seriously about my back and the pain I was in. There were always growing pains. All the coaches and school would kind of look at you as lazy because you didn't want to run around the track or lift weights or do any of these things. So at any rate, the reason I'm telling this story is because after last week's show, I started to think, you know, well, how far up is up? You know, I mean, I've been in practice for almost 35 years. I love being a chiropractor. If it wasn't for chiropractic saving my life by getting me walking again, I don't know what I would have done, but I had to overcome my reading problem that was so ingrained that it stopped me um, a couple times. I tried to go to Cabrillo and I dropped out. And one time the, um, the chemistry teacher passed back our tests and, and had us pass it to the person next to us who happened to be this girl that I liked. And he said, you guys are so blah, blah, blah. One of you even spelled acid, A-S-I-D. And I looked over at my paper that my, this girl was grading and sure enough, it was me humiliating again. So I dropped out of school again. Um, finally, what ended up happening is my health had gotten so poor from the, from the drugs I was taking and um, that I almost, almost OD and it became a turning point in my life. I pretty much quit all of the things that I had taken cold turkey. I mean, I started, of course, with marijuana back in the early days, back in uh, seventh grade, I think. 
And uh, I'm so glad it it uh, was not a gateway drug because if it had, well, I'm sure it had nothing to do with all of the psychedelics I took, um, the LSD, the opium, the um, mescaline, the mushrooms, the peyote, and uh, then the uppers and downers and all those things had nothing to do with the gateway drug. So that was good to know. However, I, um, I was able to kick it off because I almost OD'd and my life seemed more important to me than that to waste it on such. So the cool thing that is, and one of the reasons I'm bringing all this up is going from functionally illiterate at 28 years old, where literally I still couldn't read a comic strip. Somebody would give me a comic strip with four or five words per square, four squares, and they'd give it to me and I'd try to read it. By the time I was done with the first square, they'd laugh like I should have gotten the joke by then. So I would laugh and hand it back to them and go, wow, that was really funny. I had no idea what it said. So I decided um, I was uh, with my sister and my dad. First, first trip we'd taken together since my mother had passed away. It'd been, I was 28, so it'd been, you know, 11 years since my mother died. And um, I was working on my sister's back, just rubbing her back. And she said, you know, you're so good with your hands. I go, yeah, I just seem to have a knack. And she goes, it's too bad you didn't want to be a chiropractor. And I went, yeah, I know. She goes, oh, it's not too late. And like that, a light went off. And I made the decision to go become a chiropractor again. But this one was, un, you know, undeniably I was going to do it. So she mentioned, well, you've got to handle your reading problem. And that hit, hit me like a ton of bricks. But she was able to help me, direct me towards a group of individuals that helped me with that. We did, I did something called the basic study course and found out that I had been missing so many of the basics on reading, on grammar, on you know vocabulary and all of these different things that I completely missed in school because I was so devastated early on. Well... I got with a study group and a couple friends of mine, Dr. Fernande Luque. Uh, we went all the way through Cabrillo together. I was glued to his shoulder. Um, brilliant fellow. Helped me um, study. We would do all of our chemistry, our physics, our, all of the math, the anatomy, physiology, you know, microbiology, all that stuff. He was right there with me, and I could learn it because he was vocalizing it, or we would vocalize it, and then that way I could remember it. What's amazing coming from that point is now I'm an author of, of six books. So kind of the, the main thing I wanted to bring up is you can do, uh, we all have so many amazing things inside us that we can do. And I'm not tooting my horn. I'm blown away at the fact that I even wrote one book or even read a book, you know. But um, I thought it might be helpful to just kind of go through what happened in my life because other people might go, you know what, maybe I can do something different. My first book is called The Adventures of the Little Big Jim. And um, it was a story um, that I used to tell my kids. And uh, I would tell them bedtime stories. And then one day, years later, my old youngest son, Angus, said, why don't you write a book? And I kind of laughed. And, you know, he persisted. And because of him, I finally did write my first book. The Adventures of Little Big Jim, and published it in November of 2017. So 
here I was functionally illiterate at 28, had changed my mind, made some decisions, set some goals, and then found a roadmap to the goal, whether it was chiropractic school. Um, and I found the tools necessary to get me there. I had my friend Fernando, who I studied with. I had a good support system with my father and my sister. Um, and I also had to remove myself from the people that I'd hung out with. The people I hung out with were um, still partying. And I knew that if I hung out with those people, I would never make it. So I had to make some tough decisions. And um, I remember hearing from a friend that you will be in three to five years like the people you hang out with in the books you read. Well, I immersed myself in learning how to read, hanging out with highly motivated people. Uh, so many, most of them way more smart than me, way much more intelligent than me and um, motivated to become, to do something with their lives. And by hanging out with them and having a core group, I actually made it through school. Now, what's interesting, and I was telling this to a patient today, um, right around uh, seventh quarter, I was doing construction to help put myself through school. And I had a big jackhammer and I was working in a garage and I was jackhammering at an angle and using my body um, to hold that jackhammer up. Well, what ended up happening is I injured my low back again so severely because of the impact of the jackhammer, the weight of the jackhammer and the constant repetitive trauma of it that I was unable to move again. I was what's called antalgic when I was leaning over to one side so far because of the back pain, the severe sciatica pain. And I had a choice, drop out of school for a quarter, lose all of my study group, all of my core people that had helped me get to where I was or suffer on through. So I was, there was no way in the world I was going to drop out of that quarter. So I remember going from class to class, the bell would ring and I'd have to walk, you know, across campus to the next class in utter pain, severely bent over, but I wasn't going to lose my group. My group got me through. So, you know, you will be like the people you hang out with and the books you read in three to five years. And I hung out with these guys. They helped me as much as they could. And then in uh, September of 1989, I graduated chiropractic school. But that wasn't necessarily the point of this. The point is that miracles can happen. And no matter where we are in life and how far down we might seem to be, we have a choice every day. And a lot of every many days I struggle with my choice. I struggle with what I want to get done. And um, a lot of times I don't get done what I want to do. But, you know, if you make a decision, you can amazing things can happen. My second book came out um, about the same time, maybe a couple months after the adventures of little big Jim, February, 2018 polling station a, um, this book is about Kalinga. You might've passed it going down to South towards Bakerfield. It's a big oil town, the little oil town. My, my grandpa was born in 1883. He was the editor of the paper when oil hit in 1910 ish. And, um, it was a wild woolly West. It was the uh, black gold of uh, California, the second gold rush and lots of roughnecks there, lots of stories of whiskey row being laid low and um, 
all of the stuff that goes on with that. So I created out of the stories my grandpa told me, Colon Station A, which is a murder mystery. And one of the things I love most um, in writing is building characters. So you come up with a character and then start to build on that and create the way they talk, the way they think, some of their personality traits. It's so much fun. And um, I just started doing this and I, I would sit down at my computer and luckily I'm not a very fast typer. And that was good because I couldn't think any faster than I could type. So it worked out relatively well for me to type a little bit as I was thinking. And I would go, what happened next? What happened next? What happens next? And um, what's really cool is I remember when I would tell my kids bedtime stories for the little big gym the first time, when I got to the end of the most likely scenario, I'd go, and guess what happened? And they would end the story on the most likely scenario. And I go, no. And I take a left turn and tell a whole different uh, version of what would have happened. And they loved it. And it was fun. But it also helped create this imagination for me to not have to just kind of go the most obvious path. So uh, the kids were really instrumental in helping with that. <clears throat> but um, <clears throat> sometimes people go, well, how do you get so much done? How do you write books? You know, I like to play music. I've written several songs. Um, being a chiropractor, being a dad, um, you know, and all this stuff. Well, I don't think I get enough done. I, I want to do more. I think that we have set our limitations too low. Um, and some of us have, are totally happy being doing what you're doing. That's awesome. My hat's off to you. I just simply love to do more. And um, so I continued to write a few more books. I'm going to take a short break here in a minute, and then we'll come back and I'll tell you a little bit more about how I've created these books. And maybe it will help you decide an area of your life that you want to expand in and just know you can do it. It's totally possible for you to do it. So um, this is Dr. Duncan McCollum, McCollum Wellness Radio. I'll be back in just a couple minutes. You know the things just weren't right. This is Dr. Duncan McCollum, and I would like you to listen to a couple testimonials from my patients about our new TRT machine. You should come try it, but here's what they have to say. Hi, I'm Lauren Spencer, a local realtor. Lately, I've had trouble with my feet, and I'm an avid walker, avid biker, avid uh, golfer. And uh, my feet were aching all the time. And I tried Duncan's TRT machine, which is an amazing stem cell machine that rejuvenates uh, the cells. And my feet, I've had like three or four um, sessions with the machine and my feet are like new, no aches, no pains. It's a miracle. So call today for your $49 introductory special on the TRT machine to see if it works for you. Call 831-459-9990. 831-459-9990. McCollum Family Chiropractic. Okay, I'm back. This is Dr. Duncan McCollum back. And um, we are talking about being creative and having no sky as a limit for you and the people you know. Try to encourage your friends. Um, we come out of a time right now where there's so much um, suppression put on us um, through the whole event of the last two years where many people 
have been afraid to go out of their mouth, their um, house. They've been afraid to socialize. Uh, the children of this age, I feel so terrible for um, growing up in those formative years, three, four, five, six, seven, with having to wear a mask for two years, being afraid of their shadows. What's going to happen to them? But I think great things are going to come of it because where there's great diversity and great challenges, great things happen. And um, my whole goal is to have any of you out there take a look at where you are right now in your life and go, you know what? I'm going to make something awesome happen. And I really believe you can. So um, I'm talking about the fact that I was uh, functional illiterate up until I was 28 years old. I'd been on so many drugs, uh, street drugs mainly, but also some pharmaceuticals for the pain that I'd been in. And it became a crutch for me and an escape for me. Um, something that for many years of my life, from age 12 to 28, whatever that is, 16 years, I was uh, constantly um, inebriated on some kind of medication, whether it was alcohol, marijuana, and, or any other kind of drugs and painkillers, because part of it was the physical pain, but also the emotional mental pain of not being able to read and being diagnosed with dyslexia, but with no real solution. And what's really interesting is I don't really think I ever had dyslexia. I think I had a learning disability and the disability was not necessarily mine. I was part of the problem, but it was the disability of the uh, teachers at the time to really understand how to help me read, how to help me learn. Um, there's a book behind me called The Deliberate Dumbing Down of America that goes into our education system. Well, that's a that's a subject for a different day. So I actually started writing when I was 61 years old. I never in my life dreamed of writing a book. I never wanted to write a book. But because of the bedtime stories I told, my kids talked me into it. My first book, again, was um, come. It's about um, my family came across um, the plains in 1850 in what's called an ox cart. And uh, they walked and anything you wanted was in the ox cart. And they ended up settling in Salinas. They were some of the first settlers there, um, Anglos. And um, my great-great-grandfather became the first marshal of Salinas. And there were tons of kids there, brothers, mainly seven brothers. My uh, dad's father had seven brothers born in the 1800s. And... Um, so there were lots of stories about what happened with some of the West there, some of the banditos like Tabucha Vasquez and um, different, different um, Walking Marietta, you know, what happened to Walking Marietta and Three Finger Jack. And I would listen to these stories sitting around while all my great uncles that were, you know, born in the 1800s would tell me these stories of Three Finger Jack and Black Bart. And my mind would always... Um, just conceive of these amazing things. So I think I always have that adventure in my mind. And it was just a matter of getting it out in a book and in reading. So I started to read um, a little bit. I started to read uh, Louis Lamar, who was my, had become my favorite author. I read all 109 books or however many, several times. So a lot of my books have that flavor in them. But anyway, Little Big Jim, uh, this, uh, this kid uh, lived in Monterey, 
and he had a big mind. He lived in the foothills of Carmel, actually. And um, he gets uh, Shanghai, and uh, the story goes on from there. The fourth, third book I wrote was the sequel to Little Big Gem. It's called Journey's End. And Journey's End goes to China in 1864. And China in 1864 was really interesting. You know, I mean, you couldn't, uh, foreigners could not go more than 150 feet into China, but you could go there to trade. It was mainly in the, um, the China Sea and um, Canton. And um, I had to learn so much about the Chinese uh, Qing Dynasty, Q-U-I-N-G, which came right after the Ming Dynasty, it was the last dynasty. And, you know, when I started looking into it, I found out about the eight Bajing, which were the eight demigods that were always traveling together throughout the 10,000 year history of China's cultures. And I started to look into people like um, the Red Flag Feet and Madame um, Chang, who had the biggest pirate fleet in the history of the world. She had over something like 50,000 people in her fleet. And she was unstoppable. She uh, beat not only the Imperial Navy, but the Chinese Imperial Navy, but they also asked the English, the Portuguese, and the French to help defeat her. And she defeated all of them as well. So I found out about this stuff and I put it in my book and I had to find out about the crane and the peach and the cricket and the colors and all these different um, symbols of the Chinese culture and what um, how they affect what the, what the theory is behind them or the belief system is behind them. And then a, a friend of mine introduced me from a fellow from China who read my book and he goes, how did you know all this stuff? I've looked up all these facts are all written down. I've never heard of these until I found them in your book. How did you learn it? And I go, well, I just, you know, I Google, <laughs> I sat on my, you know, I sat in my bed or on the, in the living room and just Googled all of this stuff and I had to tie it together and it was so interesting. So um, he's translated three of my books into Mandarin now. So Little Big Gem, Journey's In, and Kaleidoscope, my fourth book, are all uh, translated into Mandarin. I haven't got them published yet because that takes a little bit of effort and I've been busy making a living, doing my day job. But um, <clears throat> at any rate, the, the fourth book is called kaleidoscope and it's my grandfather's um youngest brother charles was a pilot in world war one and uh this is a story about him uh being shot down over uh, enemy lines into germany's occupation of france on the other side of the somme river and i probably pronounced that wrong but anyway it's this it's a, a really cool story about um, this guy that is, gets shot down over there and how what happens to him and how growing up in the foothills of California gave him the tools that he needed in order to survive being shot down. Those tools were passed down through my family, um, through all the time I spent in the Sierras, um, backpacking, um, learning from my, my ancestors and my grandparents and my family, my father, how to actually live out in nature and to survive. So that's that book. But again, um, 
I was functionally illiterate at 28 years old. And then something changed in my life, almost killed me. I hope it doesn't get that far for you, but something made me decide to, to change my life. And, and from there, um, you know, I've got a long ways to go. Believe me, I'm not arrived anywhere. I'm just sitting here humbly trying to help as many people as I can overcome the pains that they get from the accidents of life that might have happened 30, 40, 50 years ago. Um, a lot of you know that uh, in November of last year, my appendix ruptured and I was in the hospital for five days. Totally blew me away because I'm a relatively healthy guy at this point in my life. But it's all those things that happened before I cleaned myself up that are setting the stage for my future health. However, I've done a lot. I've worked with one of the um, great uh, scientists that studied under Linus Pauling. Dr. Jeffrey Bland is an amazing uh, fellow back in the early 2000s. I studied with him and a group of doctors that were really taking a look at genetics and, you know, how can, how does the organs of the body detoxify? How does the liver detoxify? New things were being discovered all the time um, about that. And even now today with, it's even fantastic working with Dr. Dan Pompa and what we look at at a cellular level. Um, you fix a cell to get well is what he says. And um, which brings me to my next two books, the uh, first of which was called in book number five, New Hope for Sciatica. And uh, I decided after writing four fiction books that I wanted to write a science book, but I didn't know how. Fiction was easy. I just sat down and daydreamed and written and wrote. Um, but I took a course with about 30 other um, students. We were from all over the country, in the world, actually. And then uh, we had nine weeks to write a book, and they gave us the um, guidelines on how to do it, how we do a chapter, how many words you type a minute what your ideal reader's uh, dream was and their dream come true, what their ruin was. <clears throat> and so I wrote New Hope for Sciatica, which is based on cellular detoxification. <clears throat> the funny part is I developed a severe uh, bout of sciatica in October, October 2nd of, la of 2021. Interesting, the day my brother had died I, um, many, many years earlier, but <clears throat> I was at a Giants game and I couldn't drive home because my pain was so bad. I luckily had two docs here at my office to work because I couldn't walk. I could not get to, um, I couldn't even go shopping. I couldn't go halfway through the store until the pain was so severe. I had to turn around and uh, ask my, my son or daughter to shop for me. And um, <clears throat> then in November, I was getting adjusted by a friend. I stepped off this table and my appendix ruptured amazing amazing pain but the minute my appendix ruptured my sciatic pain went away which i should have read my own book because it talks about hidden infections and hidden infections which was what's going on with the appendix was inflaming the whole right quadrant of my lower uh, abdomen and that was causing severe pressure on the sciatic nerve with an already crushed vertebra and lots of degenerative arthritis in there. So it made the little tiny hole the nerve could come out of even more compressed. <clears throat> MRIs and medical doctors and friends that were um, reading radiologists said, you're going to need to get that opened up with surgery. <clears throat> then my appendix ruptured and the pain went away. So I should have read my own book, New Hope for Sciatica. So again, 
to me, being able to go from illiteracy to writing a book is a path that I would have never expected me to write. What's the path that you want to go on? What have you, where are you today and what would you like to achieve in the next year? You know, I mean, in this course, I was given nine weeks to write a book. <clears throat> never thought it would happen. I'd already written four. A lot of the people in our course had never written any, but we all got that book done in nine weeks, amazingly enough. Unfortunately, the the day this book came out with the 30 other books uh, that my friends had written as we were uh, celebrating in Washington, D.C., doing a launch of our books, uh, my book was banned from Amazon because I had the written the word COVID in the, um, in the preface of the book. And uh, that was spotted right then was a dirty word. You couldn't say it, you couldn't talk about it, you couldn't write about it. And so my book was banned for three weeks until I rewrote those paragraphs and took the word out. Now you can get it in its full unabridged version. All my books are on Amazon under Duncan McCollum or Dr. Duncan McCollum. So I liked writing um, books. I still do. I hadn't written one for since COVID started, but um, I liked the story, telling a story better than just the facts, which is kind of like New Hope for Sciatica is more the facts. So Turn Back Your Biological Clock was the next book I wrote. And um, I wrote this, it came out um, in COVID. Let's see, when did it actually, but uh, copyright 2021. So what I did is I took the information on how to take people with chronic disease, which 80 million Americans have multiple chronic diseases, um, according to Michigan University study. 60% of Americans are diabetic or pre-diabetic. There's 30 million Americans diagnosed with thyroid disease. And I thought, you know, I'm going to write a book, a, write a story, but put the information they need to know to turn back their biological clock or get their health back in that story. So I did that uh, with the help of, I hired the company again to help me nine weeks. I had to get the book written. Pretty amazing. And uh, I just had a patient the other day, a really nice woman came in and <clears throat> she said, you know, I love your book. I love the way you interweave the information I need to know so that I can get healthy in a story setting that is pleasing and keeps you entertained as you read the book. So that is uh, the story of Turn Back Your Biological Clock, book number six. So I have a few more books going. Uh, the third in the sequel of Little Big Jim is called Bruxa de Mar, which means a sea witch in um, Portuguese. It's halfway done, but the, the boat Bruxa de Mar is stuck floating in a windless ocean right now and has been for two years. So it's lying dormant. And uh, I tried to get back to it, but I haven't yet. But I've started a new book about two or three weeks ago. And I think it's going to be really good. It's in the it's in the New Hope series, New Hope 4. And it's a health book. And I'm not going to let the title out yet because I haven't exactly named it. But I, um, I don't want to let the cat out of the bag till it's almost done. But um, this book is really trying to help people like the baby boomers in their 60s, the sexagenarians and beyond, get a new lease on life, potentially 
um, start fresh or pick up something you really like, dust it off and look at it in a new unit at a time. So many people have gotten to a point where it's just business as usual. You know, you get up, morning Ralph, morning Martha, click, click, hit the clock, go to work, come home, you know, talk to the each other, then go to bed, or maybe they have a relationship, maybe they don't. A lot of people in the, our age group have uh, no relationship. They've never succeeded in getting into a relationship, or they've had love and loss. Um, for whatever reason, infidelity, um, infirmary, uh, trauma, um, war, who knows what. But, you know, there's so much life in us still to, to live. And it's just a matter of catching that glimpse of something, that little gossamer in the wind that's floating by, that you can grab onto that and float with it and go with it and maybe change a few things in your life. Um, maybe you don't want to, and that's fine. Maybe you're totally happy doing what you're doing and my hat's off to you. I wish I was, but I'm not. I, I have to do something else. I'm constantly trying to solve new problems. I, I think the mind is a, is a thing that loves to pose and solve problems. So if you give yourself big enough problems, your body, your mind's going to go about solving them for you. So um, my new book um, has every chapter has a song title is the name of that chapter. A lot of the songs are from the 70s when I grew up, and um, I'm going to read you a little bit of it because I think it might give you an understanding um, of where I'm going with this and also help you spot a time when you really knew who you wanted to be or that you wanted to be or that there was something greater out there than you even knew could be. You know, um, I think at an early age, as we daydreamed as a kid, we where would we go with those daydreams? You know, they were not in the physical room that we were in. They were somewhere else. They were in a vast uh, playground or of, of who knows what kind of planet they were on. Or, you know, have I remember tapping into these so many times as a kid, only to be snapped out of it by a teacher telling me not to daydream and, you know, something else going on in the family or what have you. So we're going to take uh, my second break here. And this is Dr. Duncan McCollum <clears throat> talking to you about creativity today and how that there's really any of us have the potential to do so much more and don't second guess yourself. Just start. When I was talking to this group this morning <clears throat> about these books, one of the women said, you know, I've always wanted to write two books. I have an idea here and here. And all you need to do is just start to sit down and just get your typewriter. That's what works best for me and just type and then don't rethink it. You type and go on, type and go on, type and go on. What I learned in the uh, class where we had to do it in nine weeks is you write for two hours, set a clock, write for two hours. At the end of that two hours, that chapter's done. Don't reread it. Go on. I was going, great. How's that going to work? Well, it works. So anyway, this is Dr. Duncan McCollum. McCollum Wellness Radio, and I'll be back in just a couple minutes. I can be free. I can be free. Hi, this is Dr. Duncan McCollum, and I have a patient, John, here. And John heard us on KSCO and came in to try the $49 TRT special. After a couple treatments, you uh, started to feel something pretty tremendous. Originally, I, I heard about it on the radio, and I was a little apprehensive, but I came in and got, got the treatment. 
And miraculously, I mean, immediately I got relief. And we're talking about three years of 24-7 neuropathy, all kinds of pain, medical doctors. And in one treatment, it changed my life. I mean, it gave my life back because I was able to uh, function and do things and not be in excruciating pain and get some sleep. And I'm going to continue to come back, and I highly recommend it to anyone who's been suffering from chronic pain. Great. Thank you so much. Call Dr. Duncan McCollum, McCollum Family Chiropractic, 459-9990-831-459-9990, and ask for your $49 stem cell treatment today. Thanks. Have a great day. I can rise above. Okay, Dr. Duncan McCollum here, McCollum Wellness Radio. I'm going to just throw this out to you, the seventh caller to call the radio station, 479-1080. The seventh caller is going to win a pair of tickets to a dinner I'm doing Monday night at Michael's on Main. So call and talk to David, and uh, the seventh caller will be able to bring a friend and come to a dinner that my office is putting on. I'll be doing a little uh, talk about health. And then we'll be enjoying a nice dinner. Um, you, the doors open at six, and they close at six twenty-five. If you're after there, after that, you won't be let in. So, uh, seventh caller four seven nine ten eighty. Um, would love to have a lucky guest and their guests come to the show, um, come to the dinner. A little bit different um, show today. I've been trying to change it up a little bit. Um, last week, I talked about Tesla. And some of the things that he went through, you know, he was an amazing guy. DC current is, or excuse me, AC alternating current uh, was what he discovered and really pushed. And because of him, we have refrigerators and we have power that can go for miles and miles and miles and miles along lines where the um, DC current would not do that, that um, Thomas Edison was working with. But um, somehow or other, he, Tesla got uh, bought out. He got um, crushed, basically, and died penniless in a, in a, at 80 some years old in a uh, apartment in New York City. So, at any rate, I'm going to read you just a, a little bit of chapter two of my new book, New Hope Four, and uh, because I think maybe if you can get the idea of what I'm talking about, you can find this area for yourself and perhaps do something with it. So chapter two is called, It's Just My Imagination Running Away With Me, which of course is a song sung by The Temptations and the lyrics by Barrett Strong. But um, so here is, here we go. One of the earliest memories, one of my earliest memories is of playing in a small patch of dirt under a huge sycamore tree in our front yard on Garber Street. I had a little dinky truck my older brother had given me and could spend hours driving it among the large roots, which extended outward from the tree's massive trunk. Life was so perfect then. I must have been three, three and a half years old. I still can recall the daydreamy feeling, the daydreamy-like feeling I had, the warm autumn air filled with the aromas of the drying sycamore leaves, the smell of the Berkeley Hills, San Francisco Bay, and the scent of fresh hot lawns wafting their way into my olfactory glance, the oldest, most primordial reptilian perception our body possesses. Everything everything seemed so perfect then. I was just old enough to conceive of life as a sentient being and was seeming to tap into some recall of a tremendous love, the vastness of life, some yearning to be. It was as though I was living in a parallel universes, 
three years old in one while living eternally in the next. There was a feeling of some connection into a realm I knew not what of. My whole world was there in that small dirt plot, yet I felt as though I was tapping into the limitlessness, the wolf and wharf of the universe, and that I was playing an integral part of the creation and destruction of every aspect of it. It seemed that thousands of motion pictures were all flowing through my head at once, and that I was the main character, perceiving all motion, visions, sense, and emotions simultaneously. From the thrill of victory to the agony of defeat, my mind, body, and emotions were dragged through the muck and mire of livingness to the elation and triumph of conquest beyond imagination. I would have loved to remain in that bubble for eternity. It seemed my whole body was flooded with serotonin, dopamine, and oxytocin, a perfect hormonal combination culminating in a state of bliss. Then came the moment that interrupted and then came that moment of in interruption as my well-intended mother called me to lunch. As I was startled out of my reverie, those hormones seemed to be washed from my bloodstream in a nanosecond, leaving me with a feeling of withdrawal, emptiness, and defeat. As I disconnected from my daydream, I felt a surge of sadness, despair, and despair like I'd lost all that I'd ever known and loved. It was as though I was reliving the circuit circuit. Oh, <laughs> it was as though I was reliving the culmination of the emotions of tragedy, agony, and loss experienced over eons and a multitude of lifetimes. That little patch of dirt, again, was just that. It was as though all memories, dreams, and imaginings had been violently stripped from my consciousness, leaving in its wake a hollowness, a vacuum of emotions. That was over 60 years ago. Yet the emotional impact of that moment has remained always somewhere in my subconscious. It seems that for my entire life, somehow I've been longing to find that place again, that location, that power of creation and the island in the sun. So, you know, I'm wondering how many of you have recalled those moments as a kid or sometime in your life where you weren't really right in the room you were in. You were in another universe. You were dreaming or imagining or remembering or recalling some other greatness or some other beingness that you've been. I think that a lot of the drug addicts, you know, we always hear of um, the guy getting high and then you never feel that get that first high again. Well, it's not just the drug, it's the love, it's the communication, the connection, the foods. There, there's something that we long for to get back. And I think if we are not careful that not categorizing that where it belongs, it could get in the way of relationships, it could get in the right relationship, way of family, with work, with your ambitions. You know, a lot of us have maybe given up on the fact that there is that place to go again, or maybe you never really allowed yourself to be there. But um, remember Tesla, he could imagine in his mind a whole complex motor system or physics, the laws of physics, and he would put it all together in his mind. And when he built it, it worked perfectly every time. His imagination was so vast. Yours is too. If you just allow yourself to use it and, um, you know, just dare to dream, dare to dream, dare to wake up in the morning and go, I'm going to be somebody different today. I'm going to do something different. I'm going to say hello to people. I'm going to make somebody happy today. 
I'm going to call somebody that I haven't talked to in quite a while and just say, hey, I was just thinking of you. I talked to one of my best friends from high school yesterday, good old Ken. And uh, we were really best friends for a long time. And, um, you know, he lives out in Nashville now, and it was great to talk to him. And, you know, it's funny, you hear his voice and he sounds 17. And uh, that agelessness was there. And you look at yourself in the mirror, you go, well, I don't look 17 anymore. But the mind and us as spiritual beings, we are ageless. So don't let the physical body and the ailments of the body hold you down. They're potentially holding your body down. But, you know, you have so much power, the innate power, the innate intelligence that lives inside of us is the greatest physician that ever lived. There's so much that it can do, not only to fix you physically, um, but mentally. And you just have to get a bigger dream. You know, they say, if you want to get something done, give it to a busy person. Don't give it to somebody who has nothing to do because idle hands, they just stay idle. You need to give it to somebody who can get it done. And you know what? Get busy. Find things to do. And, and listen, I'm talking to myself as much as I'm talking to you because I'm, I'm, my, I'm my own worst enemy. When I wake up in the morning and the, the person that's creating more problem in my life than anybody is the one that I look in the mirror at. I see it in the morning and I look at the eyes and I, you know, brush my teeth and I think, what am I going to accomplish today? Or sometimes I think the other things, right? So we're our biggest critic. We are our biggest enemy, but we don't have to be. We can rise above. The song that I play by Steve Funderburg, sung by Lindsey Graham, We Can Rise Above, amazing song, and you can do it. We can be free. You can be free. And I want to encourage you to, you know, um, write down some goals. Write down existing, which, where you are with your relationships, with your love life, if you have one, and even if you don't, write down that you don't. Um, what would you like it to look like? You know, then again, look at the mirror, look at yourself in the mirror and go, who's going to be attracted to me? Maybe you got to work on yourself first. I sure did. I'm constantly trying to. But, you know, um, and beauty is not skin deep. You know, I mean, uh, when you find somebody that you feel so comfortable to hang with and love and just be with, that's rare in a way, but when you have misunderstanding and mis miscommunication in the area, then you're going to find all these reasons to, to have it not work. Remember, you give them a mind a problem and it's going to find a way to solve that problem. So if you start to get critical of that other person, whether it's a relationship, a family member, or somebody you work with, what have you, you're, you know, and you start to create, you start to do things that are going to differentiate you from that person. Um, guess what? Your mind's going to find a reason for you to quit or get fired or for you to break up because the mind poses and solves problems. So be careful what you wish for. One of my uh, greatest um, coaches always say, what you think about, you talk about. What you talk about, you bring about. And he also said, the hole you get through is never bigger than the hole you give through. The hole you get through is never bigger than the hole you give through. So we've got a couple minutes left here. I want to finish up. Uh, a little bit more um, on this uh, new book that I'm writing. And um, so here we go. So we were talking about me and that little patch of dirt and how that just, I, today I remember it was like a whole world. It was the vastness of the universe that I was in. I tapped into something and it was so amazing. 
And um, my imagination, perhaps memory, perhaps who knows, but it was so much that, you know, here I am 66 years old. It was 63 years ago. And I remember it as though it were today. And if I use that as a motivation to tap me into creating things, then it's useful. If not, it's just a nice memory. So that was over 60 years ago. Yet the emotional impact of that moment has remained always somewhere in my subconscious. It seems that for my entire life, somehow I've been longing to find that place again, that location, that power of creation, the island in the sun. Were those the sensations and emotions evoked in the hearts and minds of the men of Sparta in their quest to save beautiful Helena, inciting the Trojan War? After all, she is said to have been the most beautiful woman in the world, daughter of Zeus and Leda, the face that launched a thousand ships. What part did Aphrodite, the goddess of love, beauty, and sexuality, have in the heart-wrenching story of stolen love as she promised Helena to another, Alexander, the son of, of King of, Queen of Troy? For it was Alexander who soon seduced Helena, stealing her away from King Menelaus of Sparta and carrying her off to Troy. So here we have this beautiful love relationship. You know, here is, you know, Helen of Helen, who is married to King Melanos, if that's how you say his name. And then somehow stolen by um, the, the from Alexander of Troy and started the Trojan War. You know, and, and who's playing these games with us? How come we just can't be happy? Um, you know, finding the right person. And then I it says, could the mortals of Earth yet be the pawns in the game of the mythical Greek and Roman gods as they played out their fantasies on the earthly victims of love, won and lost? Or is it possible for us to rise above the secrets and confusions laid down over the centuries regarding life, love, and the pursuit of happiness? I vote for the second. So I remember as a kid watching some, like Jason and the Argonauts or some of those movies, and there was a scene where... The gods were laying out on the clouds and there was a hole in the clouds and there were, you know, Aphrodite and Zeus and these people. And they were looking down on the mortals of Earth playing games like they were chess. And this group would go to war for that group to appease this god or that god. And, you know, we are either cause over our, our lives or we're the effect of something else that has been done to us. Oftentimes we're the effect of our own cause, which means... We do something that was not really a good thing to do, and then we regret it, or because of it, we trip ourselves up. But we have to let go of that. So I believe that in all of us, there is an, exists a desire to be free. I also believe that we have the ability to achieve unlimited goals. But as we begin to blunder forward on our journey through this life with no real understanding of the rules, we have broken our toes and bloodied our nose to a point where our ability to see the world clearly has been tainted by pain, sorrow, and humiliation. That we have made it this far as a species is a miracle and inspiration. So anyway, I, I hope this has been interesting. I'm, I'm trying to mix it up a little bit from my normal shows talking about cellular inflammation. You can find all of my shows on my podcast, McCollum Wellness Radio. McCollum Wellness Radio podcast, they're... Um, you know, any place, Spotify or Apple Music, wherever you go. I've got over 80 of those uh, of my shows up there. I also have my YouTube channel, 
Dr. Duncan McCollum, and there's probably at least a hundred of my shows up there. We're getting more and more up. I've written six books. They're all, uh, you can get them all on Amazon. And there are four of them are historical fiction. Um, I would be honored if you would get on there and buy one, read it, um, comment on it, uh, email me at info at and let me know uh, what you feel about it, um, what your experience is. You know the things just weren't right I looked around for someone else to blame I searched and I searched and I reached down enjoyed this episode of McCollum Wellness Radio, please share it with a friend and tell them one helpful fact that you learned today. Remember, the best way to learn is to teach.